What a great occasion this morning, yeah? Ten years, celebration. Thank you, Pastor Stephen and Pastor Erica, for having me uh, come and share with you guys today. It was great. Blessing. I flew up Friday, and uh, as your pastor said, I think he steals most of my notes, as, as he mentioned. I think I steal half of his notes. It's great to have someone uh, like you, Pastor, in my life, as I, I know you're blessed as well, where iron sharpens iron, and, and we get... We do, we just get on the phone, we just preach at each other, and it's great, I get off the phone, and yesterday we're sitting down having a coffee, and we, we, we just, something come out of both, but it was like, my gosh, we got in the car so excited about what God was sharing, so developing a passion for the, for the Word of God in your life, amen? amen? Amen. So it's wonderful to be here, I don't take this platform lightly, uh, we give regards from House of Praise in Sydney, our church... Uh, pastor comes down quite often and ministers there maybe once or twice a year and it's a great blessing and it's great to see what he's doing and Pastor Eric is doing up here and you guys as a team. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's a great occasion to celebrate today and uh, a great time to just stop and reflect, I guess, on the 10 years of what God started and what God birthed in your pastors and and what God's doing. Uh, And we stop and we celebrate that today, yeah? We stop and we look back and we reflect on uh, where we've come from and also uh, with anticipation where we're going to, yeah? And uh, some of the mountains that God has moved, you know, I know Pastor and uh, some of the story alongside and sometimes, you know, as a church you've just stood and uh, just spoke to mountains and seen God move mountains on your behalf and and some of the valleys that you've gone through and you look at the terrain, you think, my gosh, if it hadn't have been for the faithfulness of God, my gosh, would we still be? But God's so faithful to this church and faithful to where he's taking you to. And, uh, and we have these occasions that we celebrate. And sometimes we can miss uh, the opportunity to just stop and celebrate. Yeah? In your own life, you know, some of you guys have... Uh, finished uni or started jobs or just got married or having a baby. And, and sometimes we just stop to not celebrate the importance and the success of what God is doing in our lives and in our church and in our ministries, in our marriages. And, and uh, how many's had a birthday? And uh, someone, your birthday? Okay. Just the other day. Happy birthday. How many when you have a birthday and two days later, Someone calls you up and says, happy birthday. This doesn't have the same effect, does it? Two days later, and it's like they missed the occasion. And we can do that. We can miss the occasion. They ring you two days later. This doesn't have the same effect on you. Sitting at the traffic lights, text messaging, not in this church, but text messaging. The light's already gone green, and, and now you're at 60 meters and from the intersection and realize that the light's already gone green, and you miss the occasion, miss the moment. Go into a train station and the train door sh- closes and the train moves on and you miss the moment. And today we have a moment, amen? Today you have a moment. Some of you are here for the first time, but it's a moment. God's had you on a collision course for a moment, Amen? We miss our moments, our opportunities, so many different reasons. Sometimes we just get too busy. Anyone too busy? Don't put your hand up. But we just get too busy, don't we? Excuse my throat. My 
We just get too busy and sometimes we're so busy and so preoccupied that we just miss the importance, we miss the moments. The train door shuts, the train moves by and we miss our moment. We miss that moment. We've got our focus on the wrong things. Just so preoccupied and so focused on this that we missed our moment here. Anyone been there? We just miss our moments. Our priorities. We just prioritize sometimes the wrong things and we just miss our moments. Church used to be every Sunday, but now it's every third week. We just miss our moments. And pastor preached a message last week that was just going to change my life, but I miss my moment. Our priorities. We can miss our moments. Lack of confidence and doubt and unbelief and lack of support. So many reasons why we miss our, our moments. Amen? I remember I was younger. I was in my mid-20s and maybe a little bit more casual than what I am now, if you can imagine that. But um, we had a program, a, a program with an organization called White Lion. And uh, it was a mentor-mentee program. And I had this young guy called Eamon. And he ended up getting Muslim of the Year, which I found quite interesting. He's Muslim of the Year, and I'm pastoring a church. And, uh, and it was a mentee-mentor program. And anyone remember that Jamie Oliver 21 program on TV, the cooking program? Well, he got in that, and uh, he actually won. He, he won, and he got a scholarship. I felt that he should probably be mentoring me, but he was a younger guy. So these juveniles were... Um, but anyway, one particular day when they finished the whole course... They put on a big celebration for all the mentors and for all the sponsors and so forth. And, and uh, I remember pulling into the car park. I had the old XF station wagon. I had a, a dirty old pair of jeans on, a T-shirt on. And as I'm pulling into the car park, there's limousines turning up. There's women getting out dressed up to the nines and men in tuxedos. And, and here I am. And I go into this banqueting and there would have been over... Three, four hundred people at this banquet, all dressed up in white and black, even all the mentees, all dressed up in suits to service. And I sit down at this big round table trying to hide as they serve this six-course meal. And I miss the moment. I miss the moment because I failed to understand the importance of the occasion. And sometimes we miss our moments because we fail to understand the importance of the occasion. Amen. We fail to understand the importance of the occasion. Remember Jacob in Genesis 28, he leaves Bathsheba to go to Haran. And he's there and he's walking along and he's on his way. It's getting late. We all get tired when it gets late. He puts a rock down on the ground and he lays down and he has a sleep and he's sleeping. And as he's sleeping, he has a dream and he sees a ladder planted on earth ascending into heaven. And he sees angels ascending and descending into heaven. And the Lord stands there and says, Jacob, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac. I'm going to give you this land. And he wakes from his dream and he says, the Lord was in this place. And I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. And he missed his moment. He failed to understand the occasion that was upon him. And he misses his moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't live in an hour away. God comes back and finds a church that's sleeping and slumbering in a time where the church should be active. And, amen? He missed his moment. I know some disciples. At a really critical time, Jesus is about to be taken up. He's about to go to the cross. 
He's at probably one of the darkest hours of his, of his life. The Bible says that he, he was so under pressure that he sweated, that he, when he sweated, his sweat was blood. And, and, he, and he leaves some of the disciples here, but he calls three others on. And he says, stay and pray with me. Stay and pray, but he comes back and finds them sleeping. Three times, finds them sleeping. And they miss the moment because they fail to understand the importance of the occasion. They fail to understand the importance of the occasion, amen? The word there in, in Matthew 26 for sleep is the word kathadu. And it means this, it means to sleep, to take comfort, to be dead. How long will you sleep, Jesus was saying to the disciples. He came back and he found that when he asked them to pray and to watch with him, here they are asleep. How long will you sleep? How long will you lay down? How long will, it, how long will you remain dead, is the word. How long, church, will you be dead when I've given you resurrection life? How long will you live as a pauper when you can be a son of a king, a daughter of a king? How long will you lay down and be dead? Metaphorically, metaphorically, it means to yield to sloth or sin, indifferent of salvation. It means to yield to sin, to sloth. That's laziness. Here's Jesus at a critical point. He says, how long will you yield to sin? How long will you yield to this, this pleasure, this, this temporary thing that, that you sell out to when there's a moment that's upon you that if you could buy into, you'd understand that you'd be part of something very significant in this hour. He's about to be delivered up. All the weight of sin is about to be put upon him. He's about to take all the shame and depression and suicide and, and bitterness and anger and fear and rejection and disappointment all upon himself upon the cross. And they fail to understand the occasion of the moment, the moment that they had, and they're sleeping. How long will you be slothful? How long will you gravitate towards sin? How long will you live halfway between heaven and halfway between hell? How long will you compromise on this journey? Amen? Is this okay? How long? They miss their moment. They miss their moment. We see another time. Jesus is again invited to Simon the Pharisee's house for lunch. And, uh, and here the disciples are. You've got the setting. Come over to the Pharisee's house. And they're all just sitting around. Sitting around and comfortable. Just with Jesus, yeah? Just with Jesus. It's a little bit like us sometimes. We just get a little bit too comfortable with Jesus, yeah? Just too comfortable. It's like God. We become so comfortable with God. Yeah? That's just God. But He's a holy God. And we want God to somehow just be our mate now. I'm a friend of God. I, I get that. There's a place for that. But God's now our mate. God's our mate. Yeah? And we reduce God Almighty to God Almighty. Yeah? We reduce Him from the Almighty to the Almighty. And all of a sudden now, God will just, God's one of our, our homies. God's one of the boys that just does the, the thing with us. And God's down on this. And when we approach God, we approach him like a mate. And there's no reverence and there's no awe and there's no respect. 
and we wonder why when crisis comes, we call on the Almighty, but we don't know Him. We only know the Almighty. And there's no power when you talk, and there's no unction when you talk because you don't know Him. But Paul says, I know in whom I believed. He's persuaded because he walked with Almighty. God's wanting you to walk with Him today. Amen. And, and here the disciples are, and they're just sitting down, having a beer with Jesus. They're just sitting down, so comfortable now with Jesus. And we just get comfortable, don't we? It's a convenient thing for them, just sitting there with Jesus, and they take the occasion for granted, but out of, out of nowhere, a woman comes in. A woman comes in. Mary, a woman comes in. Some say Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Some say another Mary who's just a sitter. But either way, there's a woman that comes in. And, and it's not a custom for her to break in like this. And she comes in because she gets word that there's Jesus is at a Pharisee, Simon's house. She gets word that Jesus is there. And she wants to have a moment with a king. She wants to have her moment. And she breaks custom. She breaks through. And she's not concerned with who's there. Like on a Sunday when you're about to work. He's not concerned who's next to her. And she comes in and all the disciples that are just there and sitting there all so comfortable. And she breaks through. And she comes in. And she breaks open an expensive. She goes and buys a flask of oil, a costly flask. And she breaks it open. And it says that she falls at his feet and her tears just weeping at his feet. My gosh, we get so comfortable that we're no more weeping. We get so comfortable and so convenient with God that he's, there's no more weeping in our prayer. Because we have failed to understand the occasion that's before us. We're coming in the prayer closet and it's a whole list of things of what Jesus can do for me. It's a whole list of, Lord, help me with this and Lord, help me with that and Lord, get me out of this. And she's there and she's weeping. Tears that are over his feet. And it says that she gets down and she... He wipes his feet with her, with her hair, breaks perfume over him. Not a custom, but she's going to have a moment. She's going to have her moment. My gosh, some of you are going to have a moment. Some of you are going to have to break rank. Some of you are going to have to do something different. Some of you are going to have to shake it up. But you're going to have your moment, yeah? There's a moment. She didn't wait for her moment. She heard, amen? Oh, she heard. Ha. She heard. Some of you are heard. You're still sitting there waiting. Oh, it's just Jesus. We can't break. We can't. No, no, you're going to have a moment. You're going to have a moment. And here's what happens. No one likes it when you're about to have your moment. Everyone pulls you back to the pack, yeah? No one likes it when you break away from the pack because they're comfortable with you. And you're part of the group. And sometimes we hang out with people that we have a common history but not a common destiny. And too many of us trade in our destiny for our history. So we'd rather hang around those that we know and that we're comfortable with rather than pursuing the very thing that God's called us into. And some of you need to let go of your history so you can lay hold of your destiny. Yeah? There's a way that seems right to man, but its end is in destruction. And the Lord's been gripping you. The Lord's been taking you. The Lord's been touching you. The Lord's been ministering to you. He's saying, son, daughter, it's time for you to have a moment. It's time for you to have a moment. It says this, it says in Luke chapter 7, verse 44, Simon, it says that Jesus saw what was in this man's heart, the Pharisee without having lunch. And Simon, who thought, well, Jesus, if you're a prophet, surely you know who's touching you. Surely you know who's touching you. 
Surely you know this woman. You know her past. You know her background. We sung it before. His goodness is fine. All my life you've been faithful. Mate, if you knew my background, you wouldn't have me preach to you. Pastor Stephen wouldn't advise. If you knew my past, you would not have me preach to you. If I knew your past, I wouldn't preach to you. So just, we're on equal playing field, okay? We can go with that. You're okay, I'm okay. It is what it is. Sometimes that's what you just need to say. You know what? Whatever it's been, it is what it is. It is what it is. I can't change it. I can't undo it. I can't fix it. I can't make it any better. It just is what it is. Some of you need to hear that today. It just is what it is. But today I'm going to make it start. Today I'm going to make a change. Today I'm going to have a moment with the king. Today. Today. And Simon, in his heart, he says, Jesus, if you, if, if you knew who it was that was touching you, Jesus said this, I came to your house. Mm. You didn't give me water for my feet, but she wept me at my feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair. I came to your house and you didn't give me any water, but she wept my feet with her tears. She wiped it with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. Hallelujah. You didn't put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. Simon, you missed the moment. This lady hears of something. My gosh, this morning, Lord, let people hear it. Hear it in their spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's touching you, that's penetrating walls that you've labored brick upon brick. But if you can hear, the Bible says, Revelation says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying. God's want you to hear this morning. It's your time to have a moment. Your time to have a moment. Blind Bartimaeus, who? Jesus, son of David, have mercy. He's laying on the street and he hears that Jesus, he hears that Jesus is coming. And he cries out and he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they tell him to be quiet. So he only cries out even more, Jesus, have mercy on me. And he has his moment. The woman with the issue of blood. Hears that Jesus is there and she pushes through the crowd and she touches the, the garment and she's made whole. She's going to have her moment. Zacchaeus hears of Jesus coming. And he climbs up a sycamore tree and goes out on a limb because he's going to have his moment. I don't know what it is for you today. Maybe some of you are a bit like, you remember, you remember uh, Jacob? Well, he didn't miss his moment the second time. Yeah, he missed the moment the first time, but when he leaves Haran and he's heading back to the land that the Lord promised for him to have, it says that he wrestled with God, amen? It said that he wrestled with God and he wrestled with God so much and he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until I have my moment. I'm not going to let you go until I've come to get what I've got from the king. You're the one who has it. And he wrestles with the angel and it touches him, touches his hip. And he changes his name in a moment from Jacob, supplanter, to Israel, prince who wrestles with God. From the supplanter to the prince in a moment. Amen? People touch Jesus just for a moment. Sometimes it might be in the car. You've just got some music on. You're just there by yourself. And you feel that tick, tick in your, in your spirit. It's a moment. 
It's a moment. It's a moment. It's a moment. Some of you are going to have to go out on a limb. Some of you are going to have to push through a crowd. Some of you, it's time to wrestle again with God and say, Lord, I'm holding on. A moment. A moment. In a moment, lives were touched. In a moment, God turned it around. In a moment, the Red Sea began to part. In a moment, in a moment, what will you do with your moment? It's only one moment. It takes a lifetime to build a reputation. It takes a moment. Hmm? What will you do with your moment? It's before you today. In a moment, he raised the dead. In a moment, he opened blind eyes. In a moment, he set the captives free. In a moment. It was in a moment. Amen? Amen. There's a woman in the Bible. Her name's Esther at a particular time. And there was a king there called Erxes. And uh, at this time, Erxes put, we won't go into the whole story, but Erxes puts his wife away for a particular reason. So they call all women from different provinces to come. And there's 12 months where they go through a purification, a cleansing. And then over a period of another 12 months, they present each woman to the king for one night, for one moment, for one night. And, uh, and we know that, queen, that Esther is then brought before the king and she finds favor and, uh, and she becomes Queen Esther. We know the story? We know the story in this church? Yeah? And at a particular time, there's a guy there called, anyone know his name? Starts with H. Haman. There's a guy called Haman. He's not a good guy. He's a bad guy. And his plan and his plot was to annihilate all the Jews. And, uh, and Mordecai, who is uh, Esther's uncle, gets word of this. And Mordecai comes to Esther and says, hey, you need to go before the king and you need to tell him about this plot of Haman and get this thing sorted out real quick, yeah? And this is Esther's reply. In chapter 4, Esther chapter 4, verses 12. Esther says to Mordecai, she says, I haven't come before the king in 30 days. And anyone that would come before the king without being summoned would be put to death on the law. Unless the king raises the scepter. Everyone say, raises the scepter. Unless the king raises the scepter. Mordecai, I haven't been petitioned before the king in 30 days. If I go before him without being summoned, I'm dead. Mordecai says, yeah, I know. And he says this, he says, don't think for a moment that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you're called to the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows if you are called for such a time as this? She knows it's her moment. Luther said, I will prepare, my moment will come. 
Esther says this, she says in verse 15, to go and tell Mordecai to fast. I'm going to fast. And she says, I will go before the king after three days of fasting. And she says this, she says, if I die, I die. If I die, I die. But I'm going to have my moment. Amen. I'm going to have my moment. And we know that Esther goes before the king and the scepter's raised and she finds favor and the king asks what she wants. And we know in the end that Haman's hung on the gallows, yeah? We're going to go somewhere with this. Haman's then hung on the gallows. The gallows that were built for Mordecai, the very thing that the devil tried to take you out with, the very arrows that were shot out against you, that turned back against the enemy, the very thing that he tried to destroy you with, and Haman's hung on the gallows. And I want you to see this. This is powerful. This is powerful. I want you to go back and read a bit of the Esther story. But in chapter 5, she comes before the king and he raises the scepter. Thanks, worship team. I'll just get the worship team. She comes before the king in chapter 5 and he, he raises the scepter. Comes before the king in chapter 8. Again, petitions and, and the scepter is raised. And then in chapter 9, you read it for yourself, there's no scepter. There's no scepter. There's no scepter in chapter 9. You've got the king. You've got the king. Comes to Esther and she says this. He says this. Now what is your petition? It shall be granted to you. Or what is your further request? It shall be done. I want you to see this. The king, Erxes, represents God. Mordecai, Christ, and Queen Esther, the church. And here you have the king coming. No scepter. And says to the church, says to Esther, what do you want? to do? What is your petition? Sounds a lot like John 14. Anything that you ask in my name, I will do it. Huh? Anything that you ask in my name, I will do it. And here Esther comes, the church before the king, and there's no scepter between the king and the church because Jesus said, when I am lifted up, I'm going to draw all men to me. And Jesus is the scepter. Jesus was the scepter that was raised once and for all. Jesus was the scepter that was lifted up so that we could have access to the king and we could have a moment with the king. And Esther goes in and she petitions before the king on behalf of a generation that otherwise would have perished. A moment with the king. A moment with the king. And Jesus made a way when he was lifted up so that now the church says we can boldly enter into his throne room. We can come before his throne of grace. You can have a moment. You can have a moment. My gosh, you can have a moment. He made a way for you to enter. How do we reduce him from the almighty to the almighty? When in those days, if he, if he dare not lift the scepter, you die on the spot. But now we just waltz in. No, 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 no. We don't wall sin on our own accord. We wall sin because there was a great high priest. We wall sin because of the blood of the Lamb. We wall sin. We come in with a reverence. We come in with an awe. Because the scepter was raised once and for all. Christ. 
who gives us access to the throne of grace. And when we come in, we come in to intercede on a generation that would have otherwise perished. A moment with the king. But what will you do with your moment? Ten years today, church. Ten years today. What a moment. As Mordecai said to Esther, as I say to you today, don't think for a moment that if you remain silent, that you and your house will be safe. Don't think for a moment that just because you come to church, you're safe. Don't think for a moment just because you're a connect group on Tuesday night, powerhouse Tuesday night, we're there on Tuesday, pastor, that you're safe. For if you remain silent, oh, deliverance will come from somewhere else. How can you be silent with what he's done already in your life? But who knows if you're called to the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows if you're called to this church for such a time as this? A generation that was passing away, a generation that would otherwise perish, a generation that doesn't know Christ, that needs to know the love of God, that needs to understand there was one that made a way possible, that gives us access to the throne of grace. A moment with the King. What will you do with your moment? I was busy. I just got busy. Don't miss your moment. Just the wrong priorities. Today it can change. Today it can change. Today it can change. A moment with the king. Focusing on all the wrong stuff. Stuff that's just going to pass away. We get so fixated on the temporary rather than looking to the eternal. We think that our now is forever, but it's cut short in a moment. What will you do with that moment? Jacob had to wrestle. The woman pushed through the crowd. Zacchaeus climbed up a tree. Some of you need to just begin to push again. Yeah? Some of you just stop pushing. Your prayer life just become easy. Your prayer life just become somewhat religious. Your prayer life somewhat become, and there's no push no more in your spirit. There's no push no more as you come before the Lord. There's no crying. There's no weeping. There's no washing of his feet because you underestimate the importance and the occasion of the moment. You have a moment in this church, amen? Power Church, you have a moment. And who knows if you're called to the kingdom for such a time as this. What will you do with your moment? Mm. What will you do with your moment? What will you do with your moment? Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Father. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we get so boxed in on a Sunday that it's almost expected now that I'm about to do something that's going to encourage you or help you. But this is your moment. Why are you still waiting? This is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? This is worship. I want you to have a moment with the King. You don't have to try. You don't have to make it happen. It's your moment today with the King. Take your moment. Take your moment. Come on. Let's have our moment. You've been faithful, God. You've been good, God. Lord, I got busy. Lord, I got distracted. Lord, I, I just failed to understand the importance of the occasion. Lord, I got so busy. Lord, I'm distant. If I'm honest with myself, I'm distant. Lord, if I'm honest with myself, I'm not where I should be. Lord, if I'm honest with myself, I don't know you like I used to. I'm not where I ought to be today. I've, I've missed some moments. Come on. like you've never prayed before. Begin to worship like you've never worshipped before. Be like blind Bartimaeus. Let this church be a bit like blind Bartimaeus. Lord, have mercy. I'm going to have my moment. Lord, have mercy. I'm going to have my moment. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Oh, Jesus, we... We're sorry where we just become so familiar. Oh, Jesus. We're sorry where we just become so casual. Oh, she cut up all We're sorry where we just become comfortable. Oh, maybe some of you are so comfortable that you miss your moment. You fail to understand the occasion. Jesus, we're sorry. We're sorry. Father, Father, open our eyes this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, open our eyes again this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Open our eyes again this morning, Lord God. Father, open our eyes, Lord God.
Fix our eyes on the things unseen again, Lord God. Fix our eyes on the eternal, Lord God. Lift our eyes again to heaven, Lord God. Let us have a moment this morning, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Where casualness has crept in, Lord God. Where we've just become comfortable, Lord God. And we've got so accustomed, Lord God, to the familiarity of your presence and so familiar of how you do things, Lord. Break out of the box this morning, Lord God. Behold, you'll do a new thing, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Begin to do a new thing, Lord God, as it springs forth, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, a generation of people that will just hear, a generation of people that will intercede, a generation of people that will just go, a generation of people that will just preach, a generation of people that will be your hands and your feet, hallelujah, a generation of people who will say, yes, here am I, send me, hallelujah, a generation of people that will understand the moment, the occasion of this moment. Oh, Father, this church that you've planted in this city for this moment. Oh, hallelujah. Not here by chance. Not here by chance. Nothing's by chance. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Not by chance. Hallelujah. Not by might nor power, but by your spirit, Lord God. In this generation, we want to see it, Lord God. Break off casualness this morning, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Break off any laziness. Break off any desire and lethargicness to lay down and to slumber in an hour where the church should be thriving, Lord God. How long will you sleep in your moment? How long will you gravitate towards that thing that pulls you right out of the presence of God? When there's resurrection life here, as we're, as we're worshipping this morning, I've seen your pastor. I've seen your pastor in this church. He's going to shoot him out like an arrow. Three ways he's going to preach. He's going to shoot him out like an arrow. He's a, you are a sharp tool in the, in, the, in the quiver of the Lord. He's going to shoot you out like an arrow. He's going to shoot you out like an arrow. He's going to shoot you out like an arrow. People, he's going to shoot you and shoot you and shoot you. And in your mouth was a, was a sword and was fire. In the mouth was a sword that came out, which was the word of God. And there was fire and there was fire and there was fire. It was the word and there was fire. There was a sword and fire. Three ways. He's going to shoot you out like an arrow. And when you preach, that, that sword's going to cut to the intention of the heart. You sit under the word in this church, it's going to cut to the intention of your heart. But it was good that I was afflicted. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of you all. And there was fire. The word that would cut. The word that would cut between soul and spirit. Between flesh. Cut to the intentions of heart. Beloved, if you're in this church, sit under the word. Sit under the word. It's good for you. It's good for you. Out of the mouth there was a sword, Pastor Stephen. And in the mouth was fire. And the fire wasn't to make you tingle. The fire wasn't to make you dance. You read it in the book of Kings. The fire came down and it consumed the sacrifice. The fire came down and it consumed the sacrifice. And it licked up the dust. The dust is what we've made of. It's earthy. It's fleshly. When the fire comes, it'll come with a grace and a compassion to consume your inability to change. The fire comes to consume that part of our flesh. It'll shoot you out like a quiver. Like a sharp arrow out of his quiver. There's going to be fire and there's a sword. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. In Genesis, in Genesis, hallelujah, in the book of Genesis, we see that God creates man out of the dust. And he breathes into his life and then he creates woman. But then there's the fall, there's the sin part, they fall. The man is blamed by the woman, the woman blames the man. But then the God says this to the snake. He says, on your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. That's where the snake is. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Here's the revelation in that. The belly speaks of an appetite. Dust is man. So the Lord's saying to to Satan, he's saying, you will have an appetite for the things of flesh, for the things of man. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. So that part of our humanity, that part of our flesh, that part that we're unwilling to give over to God. God says, Satan, you'll have an appetite for that and you have the permission to devour it. That part of your, of your life that is, is reluctant to be given over to God, surrendered to God, the serpent will have an appetite for and he'll have the permission to devour it. That area of your giving that area that's unconsecrated in your life. He's the good news. The sword. The sword's going to come and begin to cut those things out of your life. Amen. The sword in this house can begin to cut those things out of your life. It's there. Guys, a great celebration, 10 years. But I just encourage you, you're about to enter into a new season in this church. Hallelujah. And it's going to come as the fire of God and the sword of God Begin to cut those things out of your life. The part that the enemies devoured, no longer will he devour. We speak to him now and say, this far and no further shall he come. There's, where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. And there's going to be a liberty in this house and a freshness over this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't say three months, then comes the harvest. The harvest is now. Lift up your eyes and see. Hallelujah. 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 This is your moment. This is your moment.